and welcome to Story Radio, the podcast for readers, writers and lovers of short stories everywhere. Today we're listening to The Edge, part of a series of location-based pieces exploring the stories and power of landscape. It's written, produced and read by Martin Nathan. The cliffs of Beachy Head Peak are 530 feet and they draw visitors from far and wide pulled here by the expanse of sea and sky. The vast block of dazzling chalk is kept white by its crumbling. Many comment on a feeling of sadness about the place despite its beauty. Perhaps the constant collapse of the cliffs reminds us of our own transience. Along the cliff top, a remembrance markers for those who have ended their days here. These two will eventually be part of the class. Brightest. Wind snapped rope against mast. A woman tucked her hair back under her scarf as if a grey curl flapping loose in the wind might shock us. A plaque on the cabin said something about our boat in Dunkirk and its beams creaked. As we approached the lighthouse, the captain told us it was no longer manned, but controlled remotely. Like me, he said, and we laughed at his joke. Then someone shouted, and we all rushed starboard with our cameras. Two figures winched a third down the cliff face to a rescue, with chalk and grass tufts falling where his feet touched the cliff. The captain announced in two voices, Tannoy and direct, that this was not a real rescue, but just a practice, and I stopped filming. He turned up the radio, Elton John on crackly speakers, and I wondered how he knew whether Crocodile Rock was a coded message like Inspector Sands in the theatre. We too could have known it was just a preparation for the real event. A pile of clothing on the top of Beachy had led to the discovery of the tragedy and it was alleged by the lady with whom he had been lodging that the religious mania from which he had been suffering was brought on by his association with the four-square gospel movement. It was impossible to complete a task of bringing the body on a stretcher to Eastbourne owing to the danger of being cut off by the incoming tide. Mr. Hartbill did not recall how many times he has been over the cliff since he came to Beachy Head. In round figures, it is about 20. Some people have talked of a malevolent presence on the cliff tops at Beachy Head. Some people have a misty figure floats over the edge, beckoning walkers to follow been tales of encounters with a black hooded figure who keeps his face hidden 
as he points over the edge and his observers find themselves locked in a battle of wills dropping them ever forwards. We've logged reports of a grey woman in Victorian clothes carrying a baby in her arms walks over the cliff only falling many yards beyond the current edge as if remembering a fall from an earlier time as if remembering a fall from an earlier time mist the cliff top is fringed with curls of dawn mist and finding a refillable water bottle and a sandal with a broken strap I think of Empedocles jumping into Mount Etna a demonstration of his immortality and the volcano swallowed him up but spat out his sandals to demonstrate otherwise in my cupboard I keep three odd sea shoes, convinced that one day their partners will return. On April 4th, dangerous rock at Beachy Head known as the Pinnacle was climbed for the first time by Mr Alistair Crowley and a friend, both members of the Alpine Club. The route chosen was from the east side. In places the climbers found it necessary to cut steps with an ice axe. The chalk was everywhere very loose and the climb proved most difficult and dangerous. A strip of orange vinyl flaps in the wind, snagged on a groin bolt from days before patrols. All I want is, all I want is to see, the waves are, the wind is. On shingle you found footfall, footprints deep in the chalk cave wall, you scratched your name to stay forever. A distant cliff, white like marble, white like covered skin, white like foaming waves, vinyl hooked by black lines through plastic hoops, a label flapping, a product suitable, levels one and two, inland sheltered waters, slow running rivers, a distant cliff, and twigs move, large wavelets with scattered white horses, white like a strip of fabric torn from paradise.
Alistair Crowley, whose mother declared him the great beast and the most evil man on earth, wrote his passion for the beachy hair. The climb was rated 5.9 to 5.10, and his successful ascent was considered to be due to his tolerance of high levels of risk for himself and others. Besides his interest in black magic and rituals involving sex, violence and animal sacrifice, he worked for several years as chess correspondent of the Eastbourne Gazette. Wheelhubs, Morris Traffler, a mini clubman, he recognised those parts. Amongst the lumps of chalk, pitted with hundred year old holes, limpid acid digging deep. A leathery creature lay putrid, shriveled with lines of teeth, long gaping grin linking human and sea creature. A gearbox held an airbag flapping, a camshaft from a Citroen DX. They go on forever, he said. The DX, those everlasting fragments of cars driven over the edge. But now the debris does not linger to form rust trails from crumpled car fronts shiny with sprinkled glass. It is cleared fast, so that they avoid wasted effort trying to save lives already lost and remove the temptation to explore where the cliff edge lies. The motorist who drove his car to a 10 yards of the cliff edge of Beachy Head was summoned on Monday. When the police sergeant told him he would be summoned, he said there are other cars down there and pointed in the direction of Bell Toot. A fine of 20 shillings was imposed. Passengers in the airliner Cilia had a perfect view of a waterspout in the channel five miles southwest of Beachy Head. It is estimated that the waterspout was 2,000 feet high and it was visible for 10 minutes. A holiday's a mistake. Yes, replied Miss Watson. I must say that I enjoy the best of health now, though my long holiday at the seaside had nothing to do with my healthy appearance. It is only a short time since I looked like one going into consumption, and it seemed as if nothing would do me any good. Local clergy and members of the public are interested in the claim by a Brighton medium following a seance at Beachy Head late on Saturday night that the cliff edge has now been exercised and is free of an evil spirit. Ray Dubesky chose a spot near the Devil's Chimney as one of evil influence. He went into a trance and eventually had to be restrained from forcing himself off to the cliff edge. Spring flowers. Now he is old, 
with the time and means to take the photographs he never could. During long days spent sorting claims, the embellished misfortunes filling box deep, until he sank into his own tragic story. He watches landscapes crumble by month and by day. His concern is now for exposure as he captures trefoil and bugloss in sharp resolution. Behind them, the downs fall away into blur, the chalk lumps strewn around as if from the tantrums of an angry child. His grey hair hangs low, lips tighten over broken teeth as he aims his clouded lens at the spring flowers just past their peak. to escape the sound of phones playing noises once considered humorous. Sheep barring, chickens clucking, a polite cough. You cringe with these sounds, wanting to hear only seagulls, the wind, waves crashing and sucking through pebbles, until the noise overwhelmed you. We tiptoed around you in slippered feet, Night scaffold as anxious not to disturb a neighbourhood sleeper with a complaint letter penned ready. You divided your music between Oxfam and the Deaf Society. Six carrier bags, tapes of Morton Feldman, Cage and Nankaro. Then you drove up the coast road with a tart of thermos and a cracked cup to listen to music so slow and intense that there was no place to come back to just silence.
moon, surface battle with spring tide. The wind brings waves crashing on the surface, waiting, waiting for the right curl. I was swimming, raised high with the swell, then dropped down, surrounded by a wall of water, held, not moving forward or back, drawn with each surge, so easy to let go, the pull of the water. Moons can have their own moons which orbit them, moon moons waxing and waning to moonbound observers. And fragments orbit these so the inhabitants can find themselves stranded by the pull of forces only they can feel beneath them as the wave waves pull them back, never let them land. There were persistent rumours that Alistair Crowley left talismans embedded in the cliffs at Devil's Chimney and that these were responsible for Beachy Head's association with darker forces. Crowley claimed that if Devil's Chimney ever fell, these cursed objects would ensure the destruction of the town. The chimney's collapse was inevitable though, and it fell in 2001. A number of talismanic items were recovered from its rubble. A local exorcist held a ritual hid device to lift the curse. The town remained standing. A seagull chick fell in the garden and it stared indignantly at me as it banged its beak on the window, making me fearful that I would become imprinted as its adopted parent. So I hid from it till morning. I approached to attempt rescue and it cowered from me. I covered its head with a tea towel and its warm body stiffened, heart racing under the cage of its ribs. As I carried it out to the front and it swaggered away down the road facing foxes, cars, other girls and people. Today, a year later, a seagull came and tapped on the window once again and I wondered if it was the same bird banging that glass returning to its lost parent. Then I moved the jug away from the windowsill with its painted images of fish. Some time ago it was suggested that the evil spirit which had lured people to their doom should be exorcised and a ceremony of sorts was held. However, the toll of those who saw the head as means of their ending has grown just the same. did they invoke? Was it their own power? Or was it the power of God? He walks the cliff 
A yellow sunny walkman bangs on his thigh, Bach plays in his ear. A seagull hangs in the wind, wings static except to fold a tip, to rise and fall. He remembers the nurse who told him she used to be a bunny girl as she redressed wounded wrists. Why not, she said. Playboy club, hospitals, it's all just bodies. She gave him a copy of Jonathan Livingston's seagull, which had helped her in rough times. Now, as he walks the cliffs, he thinks of that book, how he read five pages and could read no more. He I've had enough. He stops to waver in the wind on the cliff top. Holywell, you can still see the remains of the fishing village, abandoned to allow the development of the water source and the extraction of mineral deposits. The remains are story that the fishermen's wives sold their cottages while the fishermen were at sea, and the husbands returned to find their village abandoned. distance the lighthouse floats in a mist its base vanished waiting to be shifted again away from the cliff edge far enough for another 30 years of collapse the cracks open up the chalk separating vipers pucolos from devil's bit scabious a couple stand too close to the edge he holds her hand as she leans forward looking down at the chalk piles of previous collapses some old and greening, others fresh white, and she laughs through her fear, then falls back into his arms to be caught again and again. I will never let you down. I remember the story of the couple playing trust on the cliff top. Walker stopped to watch them as she stepped forwards, eyes closed heard his instructions carried by the wind. If you love me, you'll trust me. Forward, two steps. Turn left, five steps. As he directed her over the edge. Oh, my God. 
Saturday, all times are six hours later. Today, 9.06am, 9.45pm. Sunday, 9.47am, 10.21pm. Monday, 10.25am, 10.53pm. Tuesday, 10.59am, 10.25pm. Wednesday, 10.29am, 11.54pm. Thursday, 12.00am. When you stand, she held her drink. At that point, her hand trembled. The sea is on three sides. She said she loved the sea glints to walk there on waves across those hills topped by foam like a paradise behind you and in front of scrawweed and cuckoo spit. Call me, she said. The air chills when you arrive as the sun drops we will walk the cliff top too fast as far as the steps with beams cutting but when I do into the sea her phone rings forever as it drags below the horizon and her brother look away cannot meet my eye no matter how it feels leaves me to read the news standing on the cliff top in the local paper you glimpse paradise stupendous summit looks sublime as over the channel reared halfway at sea the manor at early morning hails I should recline while fancy should go forth and represent the strange and awful hour of vast concussion when the omnipotent stretched forth his arm and rent the solid hills bidding the impetuous main flood rush between the rifted shores and from the continent eternally divide this green isle imperial lord of the high southern coast from my projecting headland I would mark far in the east the shades of night disperse melting and thinned as from the dark blue wave emerging brilliant rays of arrowy light dart from the horizon when the glorious sun that just lifts above it is resplendent Welcome to Story Radio, the podcast for readers, writers and lovers of short stories everywhere. Today we're listening to The Edge, part of a series of location-based pieces exploring the stories and power of landscape. It's written 
produced and read by Martin Nathan. <laughs>